Welcome to the Specify Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Tas Nakagawa of Castagra Products. Each week, I talk to leaders and experts about how to overcome adversity, grow massive organizations, and how to create meaningful change in the building materials and construction industry. Today's guest is Andrew Brown. He's the co-founder and CEO of toolfetch.com. So Andrew, thank you. Thank you for uh, coming on the show. It's good to be here. And it's good to actually uh, to meet you virtually. Yeah, absolutely. Like when you're interacting online and stuff like that, uh, you know, this is the next step, right? One, one day we'll, we'll meet in person, right? Face to face. Oh, for sure. For sure. You know, before I do these episodes, I always try to do my homework as, as much as I can. And, you know, I'm looking at your various bios and stuff. And, you know, I know you're not that active on TikTok, but I saw sort of three sentences and I wanted to sort of hone in on them. So there were one line says, being an entrepreneur, all about the hustle, born to entertain. Tell me about that. Yeah. So I've been entertaining on video for the last, I would say, about three and a half, four years. And that kind of started back doing some infomercials for my business, which were a tool and equipment business. And it kind of evolved over time into more content uh, for LinkedIn for skill trades and, and blue collar workers, men and women. You know, I consistently put out messages about the skill trades and the just, you know, about trades and that there's a lack of skilled workers and we need to stand behind them. So it's sort of evolved over time, but I am active actually on TikTok. So I actually do post uh, videos that I have posted on LinkedIn. I also post on TikTok as well. Yeah, that's very good. Now you've been an entrepreneur for 20 plus years. Is, Is that correct? That's right. That's right. I started my business when I was about 23 years old. Yeah, that's roughly the age that I started my first business. Tell me how that happened. Yeah, so I have a particular date that's in my mind, and that's September 11, 2001. And I'm living in New York City at the time. I'm 23 years old, and the planes had just hit the building. And I had this like overall sense that I needed to help. I needed to get down there somehow. How do I get down there? My friend and I had this crazy idea that we're going to go down there and help. So I called him up and he lives in Rhode Island and he made the trek into the city, picked me up in this big blue van with this big American flag in the back, had overalls and hard hats that we put on. We put on glasses and now we're racing down the West side highway. Now this is only a handful of days after the buildings fell. And I remember it vividly. Because I remember stopping at lights and people were cheering for us because we were going down to, to the trade center to, to help. And they were throwing water into vehicle. They were throwing toothbrushes and food. And we made our way all the way down through all the checkpoints. And now I am standing on the World Trade Center that had just fallen only days before, 23 years old. And we're there helping emergency workers and tradespeople move all the rubble and everything for to find survivors. And it's just, it's, it's like yesterday thinking about that situation. And I remember, I remember listening to, to in the background 
run, 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 run. I'm like, run, run, run. Because the buildings were unstable down there. And while this was happening, I was just taking all this in, helping emergency workers. And what, what struck me here is, and this is what led me into what I do today in my business, is the tradespeople on site. They were there with their gas saws, with their pickaxes, with hammers and everything in between. They had no PPE on. There was no respirators on. And they were just helping the emergency workers, along with myself, find survivors. You know, they, they would find something. They would call the dogs in and they would try to see if they can find somebody who, who, who was a survivor, which they did when I was there. And it was it was an awe, you know, this experience that left me after I left the World Trade Center. And I was in a different career path at that point. I was in network administration. I was working for an IT company. I said, I, I can't do this. This is not what I want. And I had this for the next few weeks. I was like, well, how can I give back to the tradespeople on site? And that's where I literally put my two weeks in and I started my business with my brother which is Toolfetch, the tool and equipment company. And we've been doing it ever since for almost about 22 years now. And I did notice that I think on your website, it said half a million products, different types of products. What were the early days like? Because, you know, it's an online business that sells products. You see a lot of them now, but back then, what was the landscape like? It was interesting. There wasn't many companies online. It was, you think back 21 years ago, today versus, you know, back then, a lot of suppliers and people that we tried to work with at first, vendors, didn't understand. What is this e-commerce thing? I don't understand. We're, we're going to ship direct for you. And it took some time for them to come around. That the landscape, there, there wasn't many companies like us online. And it just, it didn't resonate to suppliers and even customers too, because you know, buy online with a credit card? What is, I don't understand. Yeah. So it took some time and built over trust over a course of a handful of years, to build up a customer base, to build up suppliers you know, over the years. But it took some time at first. It was, it was not accepted at first. So it was a little bit tough. And it was an uphill yeah. battle. Yeah. So you're starting something new. You have, it sounds like some of the IT skills, the partners aren't coming in, the orders aren't coming in. What are you doing? What, what sort of stress are you feeling? So I actually did, just did a video on this. My first year, I didn't make any money. Like literally, I almost quit before I even started. And that was this, you know, I just, I had this belief in myself and my brother too, at the time that we can we can make it through this. And, you know, we were just, we were able to, you know, get momentum. It took some time, but it, we were able to get momentum. And I kind of put that behind me that, that first year, that was a learning year that was you know, learning all the different things, you know, coming from working for somebody to, to working for yourself. It's completely different. No one can really tell you until you're actually in those shoes. <laughs> And I just, I had this burning desire to not give up and not quit. And same with my brother. And then things started to, to move and we started to pick up some more suppliers and customers and it started to snowball. And then we started to, we got our first office from there. We had started basically in an apartment together, literally elbow to elbow, and then got our first office and then kind of built it up from there. And then 
evolution after evolution of our website that we we built out and we just kept growing the the customer base and the product line yeah absolutely and i guess early days how did you get your message out were they just mainly online ads like how how are you is it seo like what were some of the things that were working really well for you early on yeah so organically things were a little bit easier back in the day search engines were a little bit different than they are today it's obviously very difficult today and we still do seo optimization or search engine optimization but it was a mixture of both it was emailing word of mouth seo some advertising but it was nowhere near where where it is today back then there weren't as many players online as well so that was that was helpful but a lot of it was word of mouth yeah now now when you were talking about earlier about creating content i see you very very active on youtube and linkedin are those sort of the main focuses on the social media side yeah i mean for me on the personal side it's a lot of it's linkedin so you know, I didn't start creating content really for LinkedIn. This is this has only been about three months of hard work. And it's just been absolutely amazing to connect with so many people, just, just like yourself, with the same passion for the trades. And I just, I'm so passionate about the, the skilled trades and, and putting the message out there and just connecting with people were coming to me and asking me, you know, oh, my, you know, my, uh, my son's interested in the trades and my, my, my daughter's interested in what, what can I do? And I'm, you know, I'm there to help to, you know, to give them hopefully a path or at least, you know, some education about the skilled trades. And it's, again, it's just, it's just been amazing right the last couple of months. Yeah, for sure. What point, like, you know, when your business sort of, like you said, it built up over time, was there a point where it's sort of like, you know, you got a certain partner, you had a product line that did really well. What was kind of the inflection point where it sort of really started to to pick up for you? I think when we started picking up more national brands, you know, like the bigger brands out there, ones you would know, Milwaukee Tools and Bosch, that that was a real win for us. You can't just kind of open those accounts up. That takes a lot of time and effort and investment. Once those accounts started to come on board and we were accepted in, that was sort of like we kind of got over the the hump, the fence. I remember that. It was a a couple years in, but that was a real, real win for us. When also suppliers started to come to us at that point. Versus the other way around. And, you know, in the beginning stages, you need to go out and you need to promote yourself and to speak to different people. So, again, once we got that momentum, then it started to turn where they were coming to us at that point. Yeah. Now, you know, being an entrepreneur, you know, for a long time, you're seeing a lot of ups and downs. But uh, people must come to you a lot for advice, you know, about starting a business and stuff like that. For me, I believe that entrepreneurship is not for everyone. But, you know, what are your views on that? Entrepreneurship is a very difficult path, very difficult. And that's, it's not for everybody. And not to say that people can't do it, but there is something about being an entrepreneur, about being driven and about never accepting no and believing in yourself and confidence 
there is this, you know, it's, it's really tough because a lot of my friends work for other people and they can't relate. They don't really understand about being in the shoes of being an owner and all the things that are involved, the sleepless nights and, you know, how am I going to make payroll? And what if we, you know, we are investing in this technology that, you know, it's very expensive. We don't know what's, how it's going to pan out all those things. It's, it isn't for everybody. And that's why, you know, they say the first five years, good percentage, I don't know if it was 75, 80%, like a good amount of small businesses go out of business. It's not for them. They came out of uh, working for another company, but it was, you know, hard to make the transition over to a business owner. You know, I've had my ups and downs, you know, I've made mistakes. I've cost the company a lot of money, but that's just the learning experience over time. What's important if anybody, you know, the people that are listening, thinking about starting a business, have a mentor, have somebody who's been in the possibly a similar industry or understands business pretty well. I, I'm a part of a, a group called Vistage, which are executives and CEOs. And that's helped me tremendously over the last couple of years. But getting in with people who, you know, have done that journey, that's important because that can shave off a lot of years. And it's, there is a fulfillment of like doing it yourself, but you also need help from people who, who know how to do certain things. You're not an expert in all these different areas because as you start to scale your own business, you know, all these challenges start to come and you hit roadblocks and you need to invest in more employees and other areas in, in your business. And there's a lot of things, a lot of, you know, blind sides that you just don't know or see that a mentor could really help you. Yeah, for sure. Now I, I noticed on your website, you're t- or you were talking about sort of distribution centers, right? And convenience, like what, what does your network look like? Cause obviously convenience, you know, due to Amazon becomes quite a premium. So how, how do you address that? Yeah. So you, we want to make sure that we get the product to, to the end user. So for us, that's either having our own inventory, which we do. So we have a couple of facilities that we have that we ship direct from. We also ship direct from the manufacturer. We also have secondary, third, fourth sources, wholesalers, and we will do what we can to get the product into the hands of the end user. Whether that, you know, you go down the line with different sources, obviously costs are different. But at the end of the day, you want to make sure that the customer is taken care of because their jobs get held up, you know, especially with the supply chain today and everything that's going on and the delays. It costs, you know, not only that, obviously from the supplier standpoint, the manufacturers struggling in themselves getting their own product line, but also the people on site. You know, they can't get this particular application done because you can't get the product, the whole, you know, the whole cycle is broken. It's quite challenging in that aspect. So we try to uh, partner with a lot of different sources, different materials. If it's a particular item or brand that somebody wants, we offer an alternative brand something that's similar in a way and just making sure that we take care of the customer. That's really the end result of this. Yeah, absolutely. Now with the um, sort of ease of access to some of these online technologies, how do you ensure that, you know, these major brands keep coming to you to distribute the products? Well, we have a good working relationship with a lot of our vendors. It's making sure that it's a two-way street there that they, you know, they come out with a new product. 
obviously as a distributor, we want to promote the product so that there's a good working relationship there that there are check-ins every quarter to make sure that you know, products that are new, that we're offering the newest products. If something is discontinued, we remove the product off the site so we don't, you know, customer doesn't order something and it's discontinued. So it's that relationship uh, with the vendors is the most important piece there. Stay up to date with them. Yeah. And with half a million products, how do you, how do you keep track of that? What systems do you use? Yeah. So we have a, a few different backend systems. So our, our uh, website works on NetSuite. So NetSuite's a CRM, it's ERP, it's, it's under one system. And we recently, about a year and a half ago, moved over to that fully. But that whole uh, behind the scenes all is integrated properly. We have uh, inventory feeds with manufacturers, so we're in line with their inventory. But all in all, it's a working system that it's under one roof, that it's not multiple systems like we did before, where there's one system can go down or another system can go down. It's all one system under you know one roof, which makes it a lot easier. Yeah, for sure. Now you're talking about the, the trades, which you've been you know working really hard to to promote. So when people come to you and ask about information about trades, where do you typically point people? It kind of depends. You know, if somebody's interested in a trade, you know, it possibly it's a trade school. If it's uh, you know a job, I have people on LinkedIn that I've uh, over you know the last handful of months have connected with. Who you know, somebody wants an HVAC position or plumber, I can give them a reference and try to seamlessly, you know, work together to make the connection with the person who's asking about it to the person that offers that that type of role. So, to me, I guess in in some sense, I'm kind of a middleman between the person who will actually place somebody to the person who's actually interested. So, I try to just you know help people get into the right area or the right person or trade school. So that's, that's how I typically work with different individuals. Yeah, for sure. And so for you, with what you're doing, what are you most looking forward to? For me, it's just, it's the journey. You know, I love the journey. I love being an entrepreneur. I love the skilled trades. You know, I just want to make more of an impact. That's, that's really at, at the end of the day, you know, if, if I can, promote the trades and a couple people say, you know what, hmm, college is not for me, but this trades thing, what's that? If I can get just a handful of people, that's a win in my book. That's sort of my goal is to, is to give back to, to the industry that going back to 9-11 and seeing that, that's what I always go back to. And if I can keep giving that back to individuals and make hopefully some sort of dent in the industry, that's, 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 that's a win in my book. Yeah. That's wonderful. Is there anything uh, else that I did not ask you, but you wanted to cover before we sort of uh, close out the interview? No, I think, uh, I think we covered the skilled trades and, you know, some of the, the work that I do um, day to day. I think, uh, I think you covered most of it. Andrew, what a wonderful story and, and mission and appreciate you sharing. Yeah. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Specify Growth Podcast today. Make sure you check out youtube.com forward slash Tats Talks for video of today's podcast. 
Hit the subscribe button for upcoming episodes. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.